There are a lot of people who lie and get away with it. Over the North Atlantic, toward the east coast of the United States. The other this week on Inside Jobs, Brian, Jean, and Lee investigate the plot to kill Hitler. Hello. On 4-20-1889, Adolf Hitler was born in Braunau am Inn in Austria. After a rough childhood and adolescence, which involved losing his father and then mother, living on the streets of Vienna, and serving through World War I, he joined the National Socialist German Workers' Party, or the Nazis, and rose to become the undisputed master of that party, and then Germany itself. Hitler's racist, militaristic Germany started World War II in Europe, and devoted itself to wiping out various social and ethnic groups, including communists and Jews. Although Hitler was wildly popular with certain European groups, he made many, many enemies, and found himself the target of various assassination plots. Joining me to discuss the attempted assassination of Adolf Hitler are civilian investigator Gene Fromm O'Neill, Heil Hitler, <laughs> and conspiracy expert Lee Golden. Guten Tag, Fraulein. I'm Brian Lane. Welcome to Inside Jobs. Uh, I, as I was explaining to Lee before we started recording, uh, researching this show led me to the controversial opinion that Hitler sucked. Brian, whoa, did you whoa. have to actually do any research for this show? No. Yeah, don't jump to any conclusions, man. We usually save our conclusions for the end of the show. Don't just go like saying Hitler sucks right at the beginning. We gotta, you gotta bury the lead a little bit, bro. Oh yeah. Oh right. Until next time, follow the money. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's. I like it when the audience decides for themselves. Right. We don't want to. We don't want to put any ideas in their head. Well, we like to do spell out our conspiracy theory, and you know, we let the audience decide whether they think something was an inside job or. A conspiracy, or in this case, let them decide whether Hitler was a bad guy or not. Yeah, we want it to be like the end of Clue, like, or it could have happened like this, and then it's downfall, or then they say, and then it could have happened like this, and then it's Inglorious Bastards. Now, I like I like to think of it as the ending of Inception. Oh, okay. Let the audience decide whether they just saw a really stupid movie or a really amazing movie. Mmm, okay. Or Leonardo DiCaprio is still in the dream. Whoa. Um, or, uh, yeah. Brian, did you just take a sip of cyanide? Are you just going to be slowly dying <laughs> over the course of this <laughs> program? You're locked away somewhere in your bunker, just like slowly poisoning yourself <laughs> after briefly marrying your longtime mistress. Uh, Jim Jones instructed me to drink some Kool-Aid. I did so. It seems now like a bad idea. Yeah. Fuck. Do you think that um when while he was hunkered down in his bunker, like they were doing like a Kool-Aid kind of thing? Um, because I want you to translate to me in German what Kool-Aid is, Brian. Kool-Aid. Oh, whoa. I mean I I love foreign languages. Okay, so I was actually I actually did do some research for this show. And I was and by doing research, you mean you saw Jurassic Park 3D. <laughs> of course I did. 
Man, that was fucking a great time at the movies. I am legitimately, I'm like mad. I'm, I don't get upset about a lot of things, but I'm mad that Jurassic Park 3D is already out in New York and it's not out for another week. Yeah. Here. We've got to is hold it, on to our butts out here on the West Coast. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Hey guys, calm down. Nature will find a way. I yeah. live in Hollywood. Everything is supposed to come out here first. Well, do you want to be even more upset? Because the theater wasn't even totally full. What? Oh, my God. So you guys don't even appreciate getting the movie early. I know, right? I thought it was out everywhere. I really did. Well, Spielberg well, because... is he's competing with himself, and right down the street, Schindler's List 3D was opening up, too. Speaking of Jews working in a factory, I actually did some research on this topic myself. I actually talked to a real-life Holocaust survivor yesterday who was taken out of Auschwitz and brought to a factory um, and beaten by Nazis with leather belts. And she watched her whole family uh, walk away in Auschwitz and never come back. And uh, but she did have like a couple of facts down wrong. Um, she was she was talking about. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. <laughs> you're talking you're talking to a survivor. Yeah. And you disputed her on her facts. I did. I didn't. I actually didn't call her on it because, but she was like six hundred million Jews died in the Holocaust. I was like, I don't even think there's ever been six hundred million Jews, but whatever. When you watch your family get murdered by Nazis, you don't like. You kind of cut that person a little bit of slack. Brian totally would have called her on her bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, and then and then when she was like, "That Samuel Hitler was so evil." You finally did call her on on her mistaken facts, right? Yeah. Yeah, she was totally confusing Jurassic Park and Schindler's List the whole time. And also, she forgot that she had met me the week before. But, you know, old people, what can you say? Um, wow, that's pretty That's pretty intense. I knew that you always go deep in the archives, Lee, but that's, uh, that's going uh, above and beyond. Yeah, you went to a funeral. Yeah, actually, uh, Hitler's funeral. He finally died. Oh man, I'm glad he I'm glad he lived a good long life. So anyway, we asked her if she had ever met a Holocaust denier and she said um and I quote, "No, but if I did, I would punch him in his goddamn face." Which I I, I really wish I had seen and then I high-fived her, which was great. Wow, you really did high-five her? Yeah, she's like, "I don't really know what this this is." Um, but at least I didn't do the Zig Heil oh. 5, which is where you do a Zig Heil up too close to someone and then it high-fives them. You should have denied it, Lee, just to see. You could have taken a punch. Yeah, you could have taken it. But also argued very uh, passionately that Jurassic Park was real. Like, no, 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 no. Usually, (laughs) you know, Amistad, Schindler's List, he made all that shit up. But Jurassic Park, E.T., that shit is on the money. Follow it. So Hitler was born April 20th, which is... uh, On a glorious sunny day. (laughs) Which is a holiday... To celebrate smoking weed uh, in 1889. Do you think there's Austria, a connection there between Hitler and smoking pot? Yeah, I don't know because Hitler's kind of famous as this. Uh, he he had all these weird ideas about, uh, you know, like he 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 was a vegetarian. He would when it was not popular. He was a teetotaler and he hated smoking, um, like smoking tobacco. Uh, so I don't know if he would have ever, uh, ever 
toked on some fatty dang. Man, I don't know what the worst part of that is. Like the vegetarianism, the non-smoking, the non-drinking, or the killing millions of my people. Those are all just atrocious. What an asshole. <laughs> because I love being a Jew and drinking and smoking and eating meat. Yeah. He was probably kind of annoying with the vegetarian thing. Yes, apparently he, he apparently he was during his final uh his final days in the bunker in Berlin like his very last meal was like spaghetti mm-hmm. and he was telling he was explaining to his secretaries how they shouldn't eat meat because of the way animals are treated in slaughterhouses <laughs> and and how it's similar to how they pour lard into makeup and so his secretary shouldn't wear makeup because it is made out of rendered animal fat. Wow. Plus it made them look cheap. <laughs> yeah, and he he wasn't like he he wasn't like one of those easygoing vegetarians where he's like, you know, I'll just eat some lettuce and like I'll just have like a burger with like just the just the lettuce and the tomatoes. Don't worry about me. He was the like up in your face about it kind of vegetarian. Wait, you know? what vegetarian has a burger with lettuce? I mean, the the easygoing, easygoing kind. vegetarian. <laughs> Yeah, the one that's not all up your ass with messages about it. But eats burgers. Lee, you're a vegetarian, right? No. Didn't you used to be? Yeah, because, like, back when we were in Santa Cruz, like, you had to, like, there were certain things you had to do. You had to, like, I don't know, not eat meat, pretend you like Doctor Who, um, (laughs) not wear shoes. You'd have to, like, pull your dongus out and run around in the rain once a year. I mean, it was just like the kind of stuff you have to do to get a four-year degree these days. It's just bullshit. Yeah, Lee really Lee really bought into the whole hippie program at uh, UC Santa Cruz. He read the Four Agreements, yeah. read the Celestine Prophecy. He read The Artist's Way. There was once listened a to picture. a lot of widespread panic. There was once a picture of my penis in the Women's Studies Library at University of California, Santa Cruz. What? Well, because, because you put it up there. <laughs> well, like during the naked run, some some girl was like, "Can I take a picture of you?" And I'm like, "I was feeling free and like a fresh man." I'm like, "Yeah, whatever, take a picture of me." <laughs> and then they were doing like some like exhibit or something at the Women's Studies Library that was like photography of young women in Santa Cruz. And I was just like walking through, and I was like, "That's my dick on the wall." <laughs> oh man, I hope there wasn't shrinkage. I mean. Yeah, there there was a there's a wee bit if you know what I mean. I, it wasn't no micro p if you know what I mean. Oh man, <laughs> too bad because the micro p is making a huge comeback. Oh, unintended. <laughs> well, you know, I I still haven't apologized for last week, guys. I'm sorry that I ditched out to do a bunch of blow and lied to you guys, and um, frankly. I just want to say that you deserved it, so that's that's pretty much. Oh why yeah. I did that. Hey, did you win any money in Vegas? Um, I didn't. We actually had to sell Rusty into uh, sex slavery. Who's Rusty, Rusty AKA Banger? AKA Banger. Oh. Yes, yes. Is Rusty his real name or is that an AKA? Um, that's his real. His name. real name is Russell Edmund Lingren the Third, <laughs> AKA Banger. And you know how he got the nickname Banger? It's an interesting story. Um, he gave it to he himself. He gave it to himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, exactly. No, I I feel like this works. He, you, when he introduces himself as Banger, you're just like, yep, that yeah, yeah, works. Yeah. Because he looks like an English sausage. <laughs> <laughs> so Hitler was born, 
1889 in Austria, mm-hmm. which was um, part of the uh, Habsburg Empire at the time. Mm-hmm. And Were those the he, guys with the weird grew- lips or something from fucking their cousins? Oh, God. What do they have? The Habsburg... No chins. They have chins. They have weird. I think chins. you're right. The, the only reason I know that is that they mentioned that in um, the movie "You Only Lived" or uh, "Honor Majesty's Secret Service," so which is how I learn everything about European culture. They all Through James have Bond. weird chins. Yeah, the <laughs> Habsburg chin. Well, there, uh, there was one. Uh, there was one king of Spain who was so inbred that he his chin was so deformed he couldn't even speak. Apparently, uh, uh, but that didn't oh, prevent yeah, him who was from that guy. That didn't prevent him from having multiple wives and children. Nice. Um, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, so Hitler was born. Hail to, to his... the king, baby. <laughs> Hail to the king, baby. Hail um, to the Kaiser, baby. <laughs> so, uh. Um, so Jeff Hitler. So Adolf Hitler was born to uh, a a civil servant who was kind of apparently pretty pretty mean spirited. Yeah, slapped him around a bit, and uh, his mother, whom who, whom he uh, loved very much, his father died pretty early on. Mm-hmm. He uh, he grew up and moved to Vienna, where he lived on the streets trying to sell his paintings and uh, like. Postcards that he'd drawn. Right. Tried, he applied to art school, didn't make it. Applied to fart school, made it, but dropped out. <laughs> am I Please just like, it. okay, do, am I just like, a, you know, not a sophisticate or like, is, am I wrong to think Hitler's art is really good? I think he had some good art. I can't believe he didn't get into art school. How fucking stringent was it? I, uh, I feel like this was, you know, like, the capital of fine arts, you know, uh, a v- Viennese art school, you had to be top of the line to get in. Yeah, and it's too bad he didn't apply to RISD or something. I mean, he did go to University of Phoenix for a while, mm-hmm. but... Uh, <laughs> the correspondence school? Yeah, yeah, for, oh. for art, but it Not as revered, out. yeah. Not as revered. He did some concept art for Wolfenstein 3D, and that was pretty much the only professional art he did. Um, yeah, they were like, we can't let you, we can't let you into this school if you're just gonna draw yourself as a robot. <laughs> he, he performed auto fellatio for a Cal Arts project, but. <laughs> Did somebody do that? I'm assuming. Yeah, so there's <laughs> someone out there that sucked their own dick through four years of school. At Cal Arts, I guarantee you somebody made an auto fellatio video. I mean, that sounds like a UC Santa Cruz thing. Nah. To be frank. No, come on. Somebody S their own D at Santa Cruz for a class. Santa Cruz is Sing its own D with messages all the time. <laughs> a Santa Cruz education is basically learning to S your own D. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, um, but yeah, Hitler, I mean, uh, you know, uh, his metachlorian count was very high, and so they thought he would bring balance to Germany, but eventually it obviously went the other way. Right. He ser- he served in World War One, um, and was distinguished receiving the Iron Cross. When he when he got out he was living in Munich and uh there was a lot of un- unrest in Germany because they basically had to uh pour cash into France and, and England as uh part of the uh, Treaty of Versailles, correct? Yeah, as part of the the Treaty of Versailles. And there were all these myths around the time like 
Germany was stabbed in the back. It was never defeated on the battlefield. It was the politicians and the diplomats who uh, yeah. signed a signed a signed a treaty that um, belittled Germany and demeaned its glory. Um, and Hitler bought into that. So he was living in Munich, and he was hired to by military intelligence mm-hmm. who uh, knew him from his service during the war to infiltrate political groups. So his, he originally pro- his sorry, he originally proposed that he would start his own. Yeah. But then he eventually uh they said he couldn't do that and so he joined the National uh German Workers Party. His job at the time was to photobomb uh, large crowd pictures um, of different uh, events. And that's why, like, one of the, the biggest things in history is finding pictures where, like, there's, like, a little Hitler face in it. Like, there could be a whole Wells, uh, Where's Waldo book that's, like, Where's Hitler? We have to, like, find little Hitlers in different uh, pictures, like a little puzzle. Yeah, he hadn't settled yet on his uh, tiny mustache and military uniform at the time. He was still wearing red and white striped shirts, a walking cane, a little hat with a beanie on it, <laughs> and blue pants. And yeah. don't forget his camera. <laughs> right. Sure. Um, and he's chasing that damn wizard. Yeah. So he was he, he was member two, uh, 555 of... The uh, National Socialistischen Deutsche Arbeitspartei, and uh, that actually meant he was oh working. No- he, that actually meant he was working number fifty-five because they I- inflated their numbers by five hundred uh, to seem like they were bigger. Mm. Um, I know what that's so- about. <laughs> <laughs> that's why your penis is five hundred and one inches long. <laughs> <laughs> So, as a member of the Micro-Nazi Party, he would go around <laughs> Munich and uh, make speeches in favor of a revitalized Germany, a remilitarized Germany, a strong industrial Germany that, uh, you know, was basically back on top after its uh, humiliating defeat during World War One. And um, on uh, November 9th, he attempted a push. To, uh, yeah, the Beer Hall Putsch. Um, where he and, uh, many of his, this is like 1924, mm-hmm. and many of his, um, many of the Nazis who were like a paramilitary group, uh, attempted to overthrow the government in Bavaria, Germany. Um, but troops were deployed, uh, several Nazis were killed, and Hitler was eventually arrested along with, yeah. um, uh, Rudolf Hess. He said he had 505 beers that night, but everyone's like, dude, that's bullshit. And you just had five. <laughs> yeah, they all, they all knew that Hitler couldn't, couldn't keep his liquor. Exactly. Um, so he was arrested. He was thrown in prison. He wrote Mein Kampf volumes one and two, uh, where he basically laid out his entire uh, philosophy looking for a Lebensraum, uh, living space in the East where, uh, German, Settlers would be allowed to colonize Eastern Europe and Russia in order to provide food for the Reich, the Greater Reich, mm-hmm. um, and uh, England would be taken over. Uh, Germany would uh, assume responsibility for England and France's colonial empires and basically dominate the world. Uh, two of the key enemies in Mein Kampf and Hitler's uh, speeches throughout this time were the communists or the Bolsheviks. And the Keebler elves. Or the Jews, as he called them. (laughs) He hated cookies. 
because they were made with rendered animal fat, and as we discussed earlier, <laughs> oh, he was man. a vegetarian. I just changed my opinion on Hitler. He didn't like cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a dude. But, uh, yeah, so Hitler kind of looked at, at, at Jews as a racial category. It wasn't so much a religion or uh, a social category, it was a race, and it was a subhuman race, especially when compared to Aryans, who were the Germanic peoples of Germany and Scandinavia, and to a lesser extent, uh, England. Um, but, so, after getting out of prison, where he only served, uh, he served less than two years, uh, he got out, and the the Nazis started working within the he, democratic. He, he got to he got to his deal or his uh, term busted down by narking on someone, right? Well, he sold the rights to Mein Kampf to Showtime because, like, you know, he he was like, they wanted to do it for cable back in the day, but they couldn't put all of the anti-Semitism and swearing that they could put into a pay cable show. So he held out for that Showtime deal, and it took a couple about two years of prison to get that deal. Yeah, smart. Dexter yeah. was a good show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they started working within the democratic apparatus of Germany. They got many people elected to the uh, the German parliament or the um, Bundestag. And then eventually he uh, positioned himself to be named Chancellor of Germany under President uh, Hindenburg. Hindenburg died. And so, Brian, just for our listeners who don't know anything, what is, like, the American equivalent of chancellor? Is that, like, the king president? Um, it's, uh, Michelle there is Obama. no American equivalent. It's, <laughs> it's pretty much the no, first lady of Germany, right? Uh, uh, well, that was a secret woman named Gelly Rabel. Wasn't that her, like, cousin um, or some the, shit? It's, yeah, who he might have been fucking and then killed. Um... The, the, the equivalent of a chancellor is like a prime minister in a, in a parliamentary system. What we don't the hell have... is a prime minister? <laughs> prime minister is the head of the government, not the head of the state. Hmm. Okay. So... It's not interesting to talk about. So kind of like Joe Biden, sort of. Yeah, he was basically Joe Biden in that uh, he had a weekly podcast where he talked about a picture he was in. He took the train from Pennsylvania to Washington every day. Yeah, and he was always finding re- reasons to go sleeveless. <laughs> <laughs> Making those um, faux pas. They had the same smiling nickname that they had at the front of their names. Yeah, smiling. Smiling, smiling Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Whistling, whistling Adolf Hitler. <laughs> so we, um, we should talk a little bit about just kind of like Hitler's personality and the reasons why he became the leader of Germany. He was, he was probably. Hold, hold, hold on. I, I, we're so close. Oh, okay. Once, once the president died, Hitler was able to, uh, rewrite the laws of Germany. He put the prime minister he, and the chancellor into one job so he could basically be the Fuhrer, right? Right, the presidency and the chancellor were in one job. And so Hitler, uh, as chancellor, and head of the Nazi party and supreme commander of the military was uh the supreme head of of the country of Ger- uh, Germany which was represented in the phrase Hitler is Germany Germany is Hitler uh and so then in 1933 he was the indisputed master of Germany so there okay we're at the part where the Nazis are in control 
Well, um, you know, I was at the store the other day, and um, the price of what I was buying showed up as 1933. And I said, oh, good year. That's the year that uh, King Kong came out in theaters. And then the guy next to me was like, that was also the year Hitler rose to power. And I was like, ooh, shit. Yeah, I don't know why we were both in that store at the same time buying <laughs> pornography. <laughs> also, I don't know why you spent $20 on pornography, Lee. It's basically free on the internet. Yeah, right, but I have my target out at the red card. Store just to tell people that. <laughs> just, just, just to, as the prices come up, relate different uh, Nazi-related themes that uh, occurred on those price dates. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, 1940, Battle of Britain. Ni- 1492, uh, the year Hitler discovered America. 1861, 1861, the the year Hitler bombed Fort Sumter. Brian likes to look at really old bottles of wine, and then depending on whether it had a good year for uh, Nazi Germany, he'll go, ah, 1933, a great year, and then wink at the camera. Because <laughs> the camera follows the Brian throughout his life? Yeah. It's... <laughs> Brian works for Bravo TV. Camera. Uh, so, you were, you were going to explain before you got into this, uh, s- side story about your porn, porn habits. Sure. Uh, Hitler's personality. Why was he very, such a crummy guy? Very dynamic person. I mean, um, he was bipolar, so he would go into these, like, rages was, and depressions. Um, but then he would come out of it and just go he into was quirky. these, like, he was quirky, and he would go into these manic highs where he would just give these incredible speeches that would just entrance people. Um, and you, obviously, you everyone has seen that footage of him just like yelling and screaming, and uh, it's 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 fascinating stuff. And uh, you can see why a people who were so um, pushed down by the rest of the world after their defeat in World War One would turn to someone like that. And uh, find some strength in his in his crazy strength. But as we all you know, no, there's an incredibly scary dark side. He was that. really strong, though. He would, his speeches would always start with him lifting something really heavy over his head. Yeah. Well, they say that Hitler was like an ant. He could lift 50 times his own weight. And then he'd go, Hitler smash! He would often start his speeches by lifting a tank over his head. Mm-hmm. But it would and be then just co- like a hollowed out tank. Yeah, and then collecting protein to feed the queen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so Hitler, Hitler was very, very odd and, and sort of, I would say even when you watch a Hitler speech, like if you watch, um, Triumph of the Will or even just go on YouTube and watch him, then he seems a little bit crazy. Like he's ranting and raving and it's like, why would people trust this kind of guy? And, uh, it's one of the weird peculiarities of fascism because fascism takes a form that is very nationalistic and that is very specific to each culture where it arises. And so, uh, I believe it was Sinclair Lewis, but it might have been Upton Sinclair. I always get them confused. Wow. Um, this is embarrassing. I know. But, but one of those guys said that, uh, when fascism comes to America, it'll be wrapped in the American flag and the Bible. And that's, you know, it's sort of, sort of showing that the kind of. And uh, it's totally true today. Yeah, just look at George Bush when he took down 9-11. When he took down uh, the date, 9-11. <laughs> oh, man, George Bush sure showed 9-11 who was boss. 
He pressed the pen to his tongue, then in a fancy cursive script, wrote 9-11. That's pretty much what the movie uh, Iron Sky is about, is basically... um, there's been Hitler writing down certain dates. Well, there's been there's been <laughs> in this movie there's been Nazis on the moon since World War II, and then they come back, and President Palin loves their ideas and starts using fascism for like her new campaign. Um, and then eventually they blow up the Nazis with a starship called the USS George W. Bush. So it's pretty much the best movie ever made. <laughs> Wait, this is a movie that came out? Was yeah, that just Iron a Sky. Was dream of mine that turned into a movie? No, this is Iron Sky. This is a legit movie that was made by some weird Europeans. It's like a exploitation oh. movie about uh, President Sarah Palin sending the first black person to the moon, and then he discovers that there's Nazis there. Wow. Oh, so it was a trap. She was sending him to his death, basically. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, talk about death panels. <laughs> <laughs> So I uh, I think one of the the things about Nazism and uh, Hitler's role in World War II that uh, can kind of get a little shaky or a little bit unwieldy is the how far back do you go to really look at the history of anti-Semitism in Europe? Um, and uh, for the purposes of this podcast, we're going to go back to about 2000 BC. Uh, okay. Just to, no, I'm kidding. Um, I thought you were going to go into a musical number, so I'm just happy we're going to have a history <laughs> lesson instead. No, but uh, sort of, sort of, just to 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 lay the groundwork, uh, Europe had always been, uh, you know, since since uh, Roman times and and forward, had been a ground for anti-Semitism. Jews and uh, very were, comfortable with nudity. Yeah, really comfortable mm. with nudity, hot sidle nudity. Yeah, um, and uh, Jews Jews had sort of found their way through Europe by um, living in uh, you know living in areas that were sort of separate from the Gentile populations at large. Uh, sometimes this was uh, intentional or uh, willful. The the Jews would just choose to live in their own communities, but more We'd often... We'd call them the sh- the shtetl, was what we used to call them, the shtetl. Yeah, but more often than not, it was because they were ostracized by the local communities or the ruling powers at, at, at play. And right, the ostracizing Hungarian Empire <laughs> really let them out of the, the box there. Or yeah. the ostracizing anyone empire. <laughs> Many people just had never seen a group of people literally living in the manes of stray dogs. So <laughs> we're, used, we're used to it now, but it was strange back then. Um, and so like there, there are uh, certain decrees in the Bible against like usury. And so often, Jew, you know, Christians would not want to engage in banking, and so Jews would find that as a market that they actually could engage in. Um, 
and, you know, actually thrive. They would. That, that's pretty much how it was whenever I played Monopoly with the neighbor kids. Be like, all right, I'm the thimble, you're the dog, you're the battleship, Jew, you're the banker. <laughs> and then they would get all mad at me for being a good banker. It's like, SARS, guys. <laughs> yeah, that was your SARS? favorite part of the game. <laughs> you were like, SARS, guys. And SARS, then they would God. spend all their money on those face masks. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, no, but so Jews were kind of li- living separate from the uh, the Christian populations throughout Europe. And so when things like the Black Plague started, uh, you know, in certain communities, Jews would not get bear the brunt of the uh, affliction as much as the Christian communities. And so then they would be blamed for, like, poisoning the well, and then there would be pogroms as they're called, um, uh, basically, basically minor genocides where, uh, where the Christian community would attack the Jewish community, burn them, burn down their houses, uh, and, and other things. This is, this is, you know, just one aspect of anti-Semitism throughout Europe and theories about how the Jews worship the devil or needed to sacrifice Gentile babies in order to worship whatever God, ball they were supposed to be worshiping yeah so, theories quote unquote <laughs> so uh so you know the anti-semitism had a huge history in europe and then sort of when we get to the, the the modern period you have some very famous incidents um uh two that the dreyfus affair yeah is it, yeah is it the, two, the two that i want to mention are the dreyfus affair which lee do you want to tell about that yeah so richard dreyfus uh was in the f- <laughs> Was in the first Jaws movie, but then he didn't want to come back for the second Jaws movie. So there's like this kind of offhand remark where they, where uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Rob uh, Scheider is like, yeah, he's out at sea. So they kind of wrote it's, him out it's of the Roy sequel. Roy Scheider, you just combine Roy, Rob what? Schneider with. Roy <laughs> <laughs> if Rob Schneider and Roy Scheider combined into some super superhuman, the greatest comedic right. actor ever, they would be Rob Schneider. Well, Originally, they they had Rob Schneider in the movie, but they couldn't get the Rob Schneider to work, so they kind of kept him off the camera most of the time. Because <laughs> it looked real fake when they had it on yeah, the screen. Yeah, it, bro- it broke so down every time some... it said making copies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, that was the Dreyfus Affair, a.k.a. Uh, Jaws 2. No, seriously, it was, uh, there was this, uh, French officer, uh, Dreyfus and, uh, yeah, uh, Jacques, um, his name was, uh, Albert Dreyfus, was that it? Yeah, that's what it and... said. Oh, okay, sorry. It's a real Frenchy um, accent. Albert Dreyfus. So, um, he was accused of these crimes and they had faked the evidence and, uh, he was convicted nonetheless. And it was just kind of an example of in the public sphere, in the courts of a European country, a Jew could be treated as a second class citizen. Um, and so that sort of was one of the events that set the tone for the huge wave of anti-Semitism in Europe, which ultimately culminated in the Nazi final solution. Right. And this, the second one that I wanted to mention was, um, uh, the burgeoning leftist radical pol- political movements that happened in Europe towards the latter half of the 19th century and the early half of the 20th century. And these were often, you know, uh, leftist radicals, often inspired by Karl Marx, himself a Jew, uh, and, you know, gaining their, the, the height of their, um, success in Russia during the Russian Revolution of 1917. 
where Jews, Lenin, and Trotsky were some of the, you know, vanguards of the movement. And so Jews were seen, seen as being involved in these political movements that were trying to overthrow the status quo, specifically monarchies, um, but also just the capitalist, you know, system that had grown to take hold of European economy at that point. Which is weird, because they're also, another stereotype about Jews is that they uh, love money. And yet they also want equality. Who knows? Um, but, but so these things kind of, kind of are just two examples of the kind of anti-Semitism that, uh, that was going on in Europe and which Hitler definitely used in his speeches and his writings in order to stir up a frenzy of activity and a frenzy of hatred in, uh, in Germany once he rose to power in 1933. And there was a legacy of what were known as pogroms. Right. And, uh, basically, as we stated earlier, the, you know, the Jews would, would go off and live in these smaller communities and for the most part were sort of left alone. But, uh, then, you know, various groups like the Cossacks, for example, would come raiding through these communities and commit horrible atrocities. They would take their spears or pikes and they would throw Jewish babies in the air and, and impale them and rape and murder. And so the kind of atrocities that, uh, that Hitler committed were, were Certainly not unprecedented um, uh, in in Europe, but they, but he brought it to this this new scale, this uh, um, industrial scale of slaughter of, of Jewish people and other marginalized groups in in Germany and Europe. And so originally, the Nazis were just doing pranks, like during the meetings of the elders of Zion, they would pull the fire alarm so that they would all have to leave their you know world planning committees. And have raids. to reschedule their yeah they would have to reschedule their meetings. <laughs> they would order twenty pizzas to their uh, synagogues. Um, while, they would while spike they were... the matzo ball soup <laughs> with acid. Um, yeah, so <laughs> they it would set their pranks. homes on fire during Passover. <laughs> they would beat them to death in the streets of major cities. Hilarious. Um, no, yeah, but Crystal Noct was basically like the ultimate prank day. Uh, yeah, Crystal Crystal Noct is one of the early examples uh, of uh, of Nazi anti semitism uh, anti semitic demonstration, where uh, uh, what was supposed to be a spontaneous, but it was actually well planned by uh, Nazi propagandists. Um, the night of broken glass, as it as yeah, known in English. The Crystal Nacht is, uh, is the original is a, flash mob, basically. <laughs> Yeah, basically, it was it was an improv everywhere event. It was like improv everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, it was the worst improv everywhere uh, prank that they ever pulled. Crystal Noct sounds like some slutty girl you went to middle school with. Like, oh my god, did you know Crystal Noct? Yeah, Crystal, like she got pregnant before anyone. She's such as that. Yeah, I d- I dated a stripper that her stage name was Crystal Noct. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, is it? <laughs> I don't know. The, the fact that he dated is. a stripper, I don't know. Yeah, that was the awesome part. Uh, the part that she wanted to bring about a revolution to dispose of Jewish element in society and take down the Zog machine was maybe the less cool aspect of that. Yeah, she talked too much. You know, although the other girls would dance to just like stupid techno music, she would dance to like Led Zeppelin and shit just to prove that she was cool. Yeah. She would dance to Wagner's <laughs> Flight Four of the Valkyries. Hours. <laughs> Those are dumb Yeah, that best bargain for a lap dance for sure. 
But I think uh, one one other uh, important aspect, uh, getting to the assassination of Adolf Hitler, is that his party, although they were a severely right-wing party, they mostly were uh, functionaries from the lower and middle classes. These were not high-class aristocratic people for the most part. And so when they rose to power, a lot of the uh, sort of in the makeup of, Germ- of the German political economy, the Junkers, landowning Prussian aristocrats from yeah. where Prussia is basically uh, upper uh, north northeast Germany, uh, it, it contains Berlin, for instance. But a lot of the, those aristocrats who had seen a lot of power under, for, in- for example, the Kaiser – and had mm-hmm. even retained a lot of the power once Germany became a, a republic uh, in the Weimar Republic period, they started seeing a lot of their power go away because it was ceded to the Nazis. And yeah. so... Even when, before the Nazis, the, a lot of the nobility of German were, were stripped of their noble titles. And in fact, their titles usually just got absorbed into their surnames. You know, a prominent example of that would be Klaus mm-hmm. von Stauffenberg, who was one of the leaders of the, the coup, attempted coup that we'll get into in a bit. So there was really a divide between, yeah, these lower class Nazi guys and these people who, although they also believed in the superiority of the German people, they believed in it more of an aristocratic and less of a socialist sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're kind of going to skip over the majority of the 30s, but just know that things started to get really bad in Germany for Jews, communists, homosexuals, um, Democrats, Republicans, uh, tea partiers. Um, Dogs and cats green- living together, mass hysteria. <laughs> But uh, it was getting bad for everyone who was basically not a member of the Nazi party until finally in uh, um, uh, autumn of 1939, Germany invaded Poland. Uh, France and Britain declared war. Declared war. Uh, but they weren't really ready to go to war. I mean, Germany had yeah. been spending all this time building up, you know, this blitzkrieg force and new planes and new art- artillery and guns. And Britain and England were basically just like, they basically said, you know, we're going to declare war on you if you move into Poland. And they did, but then they kind of didn't have any um, arms build up to kind of back that up. So they were kind of a little bit behind there, which led to a lot of the early victories, the takeover of France, the Battle of Britain. And, you know, it took a while for the Allies to kind of turn things around against the Germans because Hitler had also signed this non-aggression pact with Russia. So everyone sort of thought, okay, well, he got rid of that second front, that eastern front, um, which was really the downfall of the Germans in World War One, is that they got squeezed along these two fronts, which mm-hmm. is sort of the defensive imperative of of holding De Fatherland is to try to hold off these two fronts. They're sort of stuck in the middle there. Yeah. It's kind of the historical problem of uh, Germany's military adventures throughout history. Uh, going and, back to and the time. You know, 40 years of war and everything. Also, um, they couldn't get the Ark. Yeah. The they were really trying. That's actually why they started uh, invading other uh, colonial territories possessed by their European enemies. They knew that Ark was out there. They had to get down to Egypt, but, uh, yeah, yeah, trouble. Um, so yeah, so Germany took over basically Europe. Um, notable exceptions being Italy, which was, uh, one of their, uh, one of their allies in the war. Uh, certain mm-hmm. European, uh, Eastern European countries like, uh, Bulgaria and Romania, which were also allied with, uh, with Germany. Switzerland, which was neutral. And of course, the United Kingdom and Ireland. Uh, the United Kingdom sort of, the, the myth is that they were, they were 
holding it out alone. But um, they were being supported by material and money coming from uh, the United States that Roosevelt started sending, as well as the huge immoral colony colonial system that they had encompassing a lot of the third world, especially in Africa and uh, especially in India. India, yeah. Um, so... Uh, and, and then finally in 19, uh, 1941, uh, Hitler decided to pull the trigger and invade Russia, uh, or the Soviet Union at the time in, under, uh, Operation Barbarossa, which was uh, like mind-bogglingly huge feat of logistics yeah. to sit Barbarossa in- was a Jane Fonda sexy sci-fi movie of the 1960s. <laughs> but, uh, if you are a 12-year-old Brian, Watching it, hoping to see nudity, it's all hinted at. There's no actual boobs. Dude, no, there's boobs in that. No, there aren't. What? Yeah, there is. No, you're thinking... Dude, as they they said in the trailer for American Beauty, look closer. (laughs) You're thinking of Logan's Run, where there actually are weird boobs. Look, Brian, you're talking to America's premier um, JFK researcher of our generation, in addition to our jacking off to uh, science fiction movies on TNT person, okay? I'm the expert. (laughs) All right. Just shut up on this one. I can see the point. Why don't you get back to your weird Nazi shit that you're the expert in and leave the jerking off to 1960s sci-fi to the experts? (laughs) What are you an expert in, Gene? My sweet micro. (laughs) (laughs) So Wasn't uh, that the name of a Postal Service album? (laughs) (laughs) So the Operation, Operation Barbarossa was anything but micro. And uh, Hitler gave <laughs> some orders to um, the military. So there are different aspects of the military that we don't need to go into. But basically, the German army and the SS were instructed to shoot on sight. SS, uh, sorry, not the SS. Don't shoot them. They're part of your group. Uh, they're instructed to shoot on sight commissars, which are political officers of the Soviet army, and uh, Jews, as well as uh, various other ethnic groups such as Roma and, um, you know, others. So as they started rolling into the Soviet Union, the German army just started churning up these people, and uh, a lot of horrible atrocities, such as Babi Yar, uh, mm-hmm. occurred as they did this. And um, the Because uh, Ger- the Russians hadn't signed the Geneva Accord, and even though they sent a note, an informal note over to, to Hitler to basically say, hey, we'll conform with the, the you know, Hague rules if you do, it, it went unanswered. And so... Um, the Russian soldiers were not protected by the Geneva Convention in the same way that Allied soldiers were. So basically, if you fucked up something in a POW camp and you were an American, they basically just sent you in a little cell and you bounced a um, baseball against the wall. But in Russia, they would do horrible shit to you. Right, but that doesn't even encompass the, all the atrocities that the German Germans were oh, doing. Oh, yeah. Like, just civilians, which, you know... It was total just, war, yeah, as, it was as it's known. Um, but so, uh, a lot of members of the Abwehr, which was the German army intelligence. So this is like, uh, like how the U.S. army has an army, the U.S. army. Um, but, but the U.S. military also has other branches like the Navy right. or the, um, uh, Air Force. Boy so <laughs> the Boy Scouts or shield, shield, <laughs> uh, the Avengers, uh, Youngblood. Um, no, uh, so the German military also had the army, but it also had the SS and the SS. The Wehrmacht, as the army was known, Yeah, right? the Wehrmacht, and the, uh, the Wehrmacht was overseen, uh, had a, uh, 
had an organizational structure that included the Obvier, military intelligence. These were not SS. These were not the people in charge of atrocities. These were not the people in charge of running concentration camps. They were in charge of military intelligence uh, to help uh, combat strategy against the Soviet Union. And a lot of these people who had, you know, throughout the years sort of ended up in this group were mm. members of uh, former nobility and former aristocratic classes that came from right. Prussia, including uh, a lot of the people that we're going to start talking about, like uh, Henning von Treskow, who um, mm. was sort of the original you know, the original conspirator when it came to yeah. trying to assassinate Hitler. All throughout the 30s, he uh, worked for the, worked in the military and tried to develop a plan in order to get Hitler, but it just wasn't working out. He couldn't get enough supporters. He couldn't figure yeah. out the logistics of trying to shoot him or blow him up or anything like that. No one Unt showed up to practice. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, was kind of like my last year on Humor Force 5. Right. Oh, I so the, one there. of their failed attempts was uh, Operation Spark. Um, and so basically the idea was that as long as Hitler was alive, there was no way they were going to overturn the Nazis. Because the the people in the Wehrmacht who were against Hitler, at first a lot of them sort of figured, okay, well, we don't really like Hitler, but he has so many good military victories under his belt um, that, you know, we're just going to have to go with him. And even if we don't like him, it's hard to pull public opinion away from him. Um, mm -hmm. But then once he started, he took over the Russian front, the Eastern front, once he fired the guy who was in charge of that, a lot of the just kind of hardcore non-Nazi but pro military guys started saying okay well he's he's messing this up we got to take over and if we kill hitler that'll be the spark that we need to reclaim the country for ourselves and that became known as operation spark which was another one of tresco's endeavors to take down uh, hitler yeah which was to drink a lot of cans of sparks <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> that was another group that was sent to concentration camps. Was people who drank too many uh, energy drinks and then just acted like douches. Yeah, this was Germany. You were supposed to drink a lot of beer and schnapps, not this, you know, weird energy drink wave that was sort of circling in the military. Um, so Tresco and, and his group, uh, you know, attempted to formulate these plans in order to go after Hitler. Um, and not just Hitler at times, they would also try to go after SS chief, uh, Himmler, um, the, uh, the Reichsmarshal of the Luftwaffe, Goering, and other top ranking Nazis. But Hitler was always the focus. He was yeah. always the person that they were most interested in killing in order to sweep aside the functionaries of the Nazi party and then reinstate a group of what they thought were, um, you know, able, and um, successful military officers who could run the country and successfully pursue victory in the war. Right. So one of the first uh, operations that Treskow uh, did um, in uh, 43 was he had these English bombs. And these are kind of complicated, but it's basically uh, plastic explosives in a little case with a into which you can insert a fuse and this fuse has right. a steel barrier and it doesn't it doesn't tick and it doesn't smell like most bombs so they thought it would it would be uh, um you know secretive of n enough to pull off without suspicion right and it, so this fuse is basically a rod that you crack and once you crack that it releases a corrosive uh chemical inside that begins eating away at a steel 
uh, barrier. And then, like, a little cap hits something, right? Yeah, and then a spring fires, and then it ignites the explosive, and it goes off. And they were going to put this on the bottom of a bus that Hitler was certain to be on. Yeah, and then once Hitler hit 50 miles an hour... He was, Dennis Hopper would kill him. Yeah, Treskow called him up, and he was like, Listen, Hitler, if you drop below 50, you're going to blow up. Yeah, but Hitler Pop quiz, was... Chancellor. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't counting on Bullock. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't counting on uh, a licenseless driver who could take over the bus and uh, pilot it to safety. Also, Hitler shot six million hostages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The well, um, <laughs> and the, a lot of the reasons the why. <laughs> Sorry, Lee. What do you say? Here's something I never understood about Die Hard. There's a scene you, where he's we talking Hard? about speed. Where he we goes, were talking about speed. Yeah, where he no, but this is just like in Die Hard when he goes she's and Fenster. And She's Dane Fenster. She's Dane Fest Fenster. And he goes, What? And then he goes, Shoot the glass. And then yeah. the German guy understands what he's talking about. <laughs> I know, that doesn't make any sense. Hans Bubby. <laughs> Bubby. Who did we say became hot? Was Hans? Oh yeah, Ben Affleck and Argo. Okay, Ben uh, Affleck and Argo. Uh, all my questions have been answered, and we can get back to whatever we're talking about. <laughs> okay, Bobby. Uh, so a yeah, lot of these guys who were plotting against Hitler, they they couldn't decide on a form of killing Hitler that was kind of civil enough. Like they were thinking of just like shooting him, you know, in the mess hall or something like that. But they're like, oh, we shouldn't shoot an unarmed man. Um, so even though they wanted to kill Hitler, some of them still had these, like, weird ideas about being chivalrous about killing this mass-murdering, genocidal dictator. Or he, he walks through a door and a bucket of water falls on his head. <laughs> no. I'm melting! No, he says, yeah. I don't know, and then a bucket of slime falls on him. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can't do that on television. <laughs> Sorry, what'd you say, Gene? I said it was so hard to get Hitler to say, I don't know. Yeah, because he knew everything. He was the Fuhrer. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and also, uh, all officers and soldiers in the German military were required to swear an oath directly to Hitler himself. Not just the country, not just the party, but Hitler himself. And so they all felt sort of their hands were tied by this oath, which is insane. That's just the most insane bullshit I've ever heard. Well, you uh. can't violate an oath, Brian. Oaths are sacred. Are they really? Yeah, you go to you go to hell if you violate an oath. Oh shit! Oh shit! Yeah, because those oh. Nazis were worried about not getting thrown into hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were like, all this genocide I've committed—that's you know a gray area. Yeah, I don't. If wanna... I break this oath, I'm going straight to hell. I'm going to throw away all these good deeds on one oath violation. I don't think so. Yeah, cereal. Um, so they going uh, back to your bomb, oh, right? Go ahead, go ahead, Lee. I was just saying, going back to your bomb. So uh, eventually, um, they were supposed the one of the guys sort of volunteered to be a suicide bomber who was going to blow up Hitler while visiting this museum of captured art or some shit like that. Or it was, I think uh, it was like captured, Russian flags yeah. and stuff. And it was and, uh, so Soviet uh, military equipment. And then, like, Hitler wasn't uh, – they only let Hitler see this guy for, like, two minutes or eight minutes or something like that. So the window of 15 minutes that it would take for the bomb to go off, he didn't have enough time to, to blow up Hitler, so he left and defused the bomb. And so that was kind of how that uh, that plan went down. 
And then later, Treskow, um, who was serving on the Eastern Front, uh, he was alerted that there was going to be a surprise visit from Hitler to inspect the troops. He showed up and uh, he he put one of these bombs, and these bombs, uh, so that fuse that we were talking about, it can be lengthened to be longer, but it isn't yeah. totally precise. So, so like, they put it to like 30 minutes, and then they put it in a bottle of some liquor and put it on what they thought Hitler's plane was going to be. Yeah, well, he, he, he gave it to a friend, and he's like, hey, can you deliver this bottle of liquor to a friend of mine in Berlin? This guy Brandt took it, put it on the plane. Hitler got on the plane, they flew off, and the guy's... Ba- I mean, imagine what this guy's thinking. He's just put uh, a time bomb on a plane with Hitler and some other German officers, and he's basically thinking, well, the deed is done. Uh, except... What they didn't take into account was Passenger 47, <laughs> Wesley Snipes, who saved the day, but then got sent to jail for tax evasion. You know it, big dog! <laughs> um, uh, oh, man. <laughs> Willie Mays Hayes. This one's for you. So, um, but yeah, the, something went wrong with the fuse and it didn't go off and Hitler landed safely. And, uh, Tresca was later able to recollect the bomb without being discovered. But at that point he was like, he was, um, reassigned to another location, uh, in, I believe he was sent to Stalingrad. And so he could no longer be the head of this conspiratorial group of aristocratic officers. So he handed the job off to, Klaus von Stauffenberg. Man, this guy has like, he was like one of the, he's like the perfect looking German because like, he's missing an eyeball and he's got like a cool eye patch. He's missing a hand. um, Several fingers on the other hand. Right. And what he used to say to people is like, well, I didn't know what to do with all those fingers when I had him anyway. Oh. Yeah. He, uh, he participated in Barbarossa. He was sent to And he was one of these aristocrat guys. Like the dude was born in a castle. Yeah, his, it, you'll often see his name. It's Klaus Schenk Graf von Stauffenberg. And so this Klaus is, Philip Maria this Schenk is Tom Graf Cruise von right Stauffenberg. Now, right? Yeah, basically, if you've seen the film Valkyrie, this is Tom Cruise. Right, so let's about. just refer to him as Tom Cruise. Okay, yeah. so Tom Cruise. And he was a devout Catholic, and so mm-hmm. even though he felt the Germans were superior to the Jews, uh, he ba- he basically thought it was bad and went against his Catholic beliefs to like round them up and kill them. He just wanted to like round them up and make them do stand up comedy. <laughs> <laughs> he really wanted to hear the three thousand year old man. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, but uh, but yeah. So he was he was one of these. He's a count, actually a count. And when he served in North Africa, he was strafed by a plane. And yeah. uh, lost his eye, one of his hands, several of his fingers. He was sent back to Germany to recuperate. And it was there that Tresco and some of these other officers, including his, uh, I believe his brother. Turned uh, him approached... into a robotic cyborg. Yeah, they were like, crime, crime in Detroit is getting out of hand. We really <laughs> have to, uh, you know, get you to work to calm things down. And yeah. he said he was up for Before it. Before we open up, up Delta it. City, the first truly Jew-free city. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's reboot the franchise. <laughs> um, Origin so he, story. He started heading up this uh, this group of conspirators who wanted to kill Hitler. And uh, there's kind of a two-pronged uh, approach that they took to this. Uh, one was uh, getting as many officers on board before they went through with the plot so that once they were in the midst of it, they could count on their support. 
because as we said these people weren't hardcore nazis those were the members of the ss and the gestapo and they would need their support to command troops to fight against the ss and the gestapo once things went down and then the second was getting hitler's approval to uh uh getting hitler's approval on a protocol called operation valkyrie um in order to put their plan into into effect once hitler was killed and so they I mean, were it's to... crazy because you think Tom Cruise is attached. They should be able to get whoever they want on board. Yeah. With this. <laughs> well, the pr- the problem was budgetary because Tom Cruise is an easy twenty mil. Yeah. And they didn't know how much they wanted to offer him on the back end. Right. Stellan Skarsgård had to take a pay cut. Everyone had a British accent for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Stellan Skarsgård had to take a pay cut and then not be in the movie. <laughs> No, he's in the movie, right? No, he isn't. He plays. He's always a. He's always a Nazi. No, he's something. He's something. Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> or is it Peter Skarsgård? I'm thinking about. Nope, still wrong. Tom Wilkinson. Oh, maybe was he one of the Nazis? He's one of the Nazis. Bill Nye. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of Bill Nye. Uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, and <laughs> and Terrence Stamp. Yeah, Terrence Stamp played that kind of piece of shit. Anyway, aka Chancellor Valorum from Episode One. Oh yeah, that's right. Speaking of chancellors who rose to power and became evil dictators, Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, they were able to put this plan into place, and here's how it went down. Uh, Normandy, Tell the... Carlson, I want to smash the rebel base. <laughs> Um, uh, the Normandy invasion happened. Uh, the Allies, uh, the American, Anglo-American Allies were invading France, and uh, that started on uh, June 6, 1944. By July, the length the longest day, saving Private Ryan, saving bands of brothers. Um, and so when it came, Medal to- of Honor, the game. Oh. The Pacific. I thought you meant the metal. Oh, okay. Flags of our fathers. <laughs> Clint Eastwood is racist, but makes movies about racism so that he doesn't seem racist. Meanwhile, he gets to say racist stuff in his own movie. Oh man, my android overheard that and just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, July 15th, 1944, Stauffenberg and his gang realize it's the perfect moment to go ahead. Not only is Hitler going to be at this bunker meeting, but so are... The Wolf's Lair, isn't that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, the Wolfschanze. The Wolf's Lair, which is a Prussian headquarters where Hitler was um, pretty much running the war. Uh, Himmler was going to be there. Goering was going to be there. It was the perfect opportunity. He showed up with one of those time bombs. He primed it. He went into the meeting. Hitler was there and immediately left. Hitler had just made a great joke, like right off the bat, and everyone was laughing, and Hitler was all about (laughs) the early exit. Yeah, going out on a high note. Yeah. Going out on a high note. Well, they wanted to get... uh... They wanted to get everyone at the t- same time. They wanted to get Hitler. They wanted to get Himmler. They wanted to get Cobra Commander. They uh, wanted to get everybody. Yeah, but like they they didn't have enough, you know, Hollywood power to get all those guys on the same bill. <laughs> so they had to hire Spielberg to sort of grease the wheels to get those ki- that kind of talent all together. But uh, and... yeah, yeah. So Hitler told this really funny joke about um, two peas in a pod. And then he left, and they were like, oh, shit. Pulled the fuse on the bomb, 
and they had to stop. Now, what's crazy is that this July 15th, 1944 meeting, there is a picture of Hitler receiving these people coming into the bunker, and Stauffenberg is there. And mm. looking at the picture now and realizing that Stauffenberg has the bomb in his suitcase as he's meeting with Hitler, it's... it's he just, looks pretty fucking chill. Yeah, he looks pretty fucking chill for a guy who's about to assassinate the Fuhrer. Um, but of course it didn't go, and then five days later there was another meeting, and it was time to go. Right. He had two bombs, but he only had three fingers total. <laughs> and Spielberg had two bombs, 1941, and Hook. <laughs> and so he only had three fingers, and so he's like, I'm going to change my shirt before the meeting. He was able to prime one bomb, but then was then told that they were waiting for him, and he had to go now. So he only primed the one bomb, put it in his little leather case, and went to the meeting. Now, at the meeting, there's this huge wooden table. With these two, uh, you know, solid, uh, legs. He put it, he a table put the, with two legs? Yeah, two, Man, like, so, link- so postmodern. Germany was way ahead of the, the furniture design curve. Yeah, sprockets and shit. <laughs> and uh, some dude, like, moved the bag down the, the table, and well, basically, if he hadn't kicked what's it down. Crazy, here's, here's the thing that's so crazy is that guy Brandt. Who uh, who filled who... them in on the details? <laughs> Different mothers. Yeah. Um, no, that guy Brant, who Treskow had given the bomb to put on the plane when he gave him the the liquor stashed with the bomb. He was the same guy who took the the leather case that Stauffenberg left on this table and moved it. Uh, it's a weird, you know, coincidence. But Stauffenberg had a fake phone call. He left the meeting. And seven minutes later... And the, the phone wasn't exploded. even invented then, so people were already kind of like, yeah. hey, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then somehow Jack Ruby snuck in through the wolf's lair. <laughs> even though there were Nazis everywhere, and he shot Stauffenberg right in the chest. Yeah. No, so this bomb goes off, Stauffenberg sees it, he bluffs his way out of the lair, uh, or out, you know, past some guards, and takes off flying for Berlin. He goes, I feel the need, the need for speed. He hops on the plane and says, show me the money, and flies off. Okay, so he gets back to Berlin, and he starts calling the shots. They move this reserve army to take care of the SS and the Gestapo, and start arresting them. They mm-hmm. start calling all of the people that they had organized under Valkyrie, uh, to support them in order to control, you know, military elements all throughout Berlin. At this point, they're all convinced that Hitler is dead. Stauffenberg mm-hmm. himself saw the explosion. He didn't receive con- confirmation that Hitler had died, but he determined that based on what he saw, no one could have survived the blast. Except for Shredder. And at the end of the movie, he pulled his hand out of the trash dump. And we knew a sequel was coming. And he was like... When he finally met up with all of his conspirators, they were like, what do we do now? And he's like, I have always liked Cowabunga. <laughs> um, so uh, they're calling the shots in Berlin. They're making phone calls. They're getting things organized. They basically have control for a good couple of hours uh, yeah. until Hitler makes a phone call. And uh, he's able to talk to the head of this uh, reserve army. Explain that he's still alive and that the people who are, you know, claiming there was an attempted coup by the SS and the Gestapo 
are actually committing a coup or attempting to and that they should be arrested. First and he had to invent the telephone, so everyone's like, Hitler's alive and he invented this thing and he called us. He will lead us to glory. But uh but yeah, so they storm the uh Brindle plots where they where the, where they were all located, the conspirators. They shot a bunch of them, Stauffenberg got wounded, and then they were all placed under arrest. Now here is an interesting aspect is that this general from who had basically plateaued in his career, had met with the conspirators before the conspiracy and sort of agreed with them that he would go along with it. When the explosion happened and he didn't have official confirmation that Hitler was dead, he didn't go along with it, so they put him under arrest. Once the conspirators were all arrested by the reserve army, this guy immediately ordered their assassin or their executions, despite the fact that Hitler had... Uh, had uh, ordered his men to, you know, take the conspirators alive. And what a sir. I know. What a piece of shit. Oh, my cat is going crazy. Um, and the reason that he did this was to protect his own hide because he didn't want them, these conspirators, talking about how Fromm had known about the conspiracy beforehand. So he had them all executed, and then he himself was immediately arrested and executed the next day. Um... Because this plot basically enabled the so the the SS and the Gestapo to torture hundreds of people, and they, yeah, they arrested like seven thousand people. Yeah, they arrested seven thousand people in trying to uh, round up everyone who not only was a part of the conspiracy, but were also uh you know part of some aspect of the Widerstand, the German resistance to the Nazis, right. And, uh. They even got Francis Tumblety out of his grave and said, well, we've arrested you for every other crime that they've done on inside jobs. We might as well arrest you for this one. <laughs> they even went down to Dallas where Nixon was closing a deal for Studebaker. <laughs> Studebaker. That's how it was called in German. Studebaker. Uh, uh, but no, they, they executed f- oh, 5,000 people. Um. Which is kind of low for a Nazi mass. For a Nazi, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. For a Nazi atrocity, that's lower than average. Yeah, they were actually commended for their restraint in the international community. (laughs) Like, you guys were pretty chill about that, considering the circumstances up top. (laughs) Yeah, Banger was there. Yeah. Ready to give them high fives. Hitler got the Nobel Prize for Peace. Basically for that one. Okay. Okay. Speaking of banger and Nazis, well, there was this play while we were at Santa Cruz called Bent. Do you remember that, Brian? I, was, people might know that. That's a real play. Yeah. It's a real play. Um, and originally it was Ian McKellen. And it's a story about two gay men who, how they're treated during the Holocaust. And one pretends to be a Jew. So he'll be treated better than the gay people, which shows how awful they were treated. Um, so that was the first play I did in college is I got cast as a Nazi. And, Wait, you um, didn't get cast as the Jew or the gay? You got cast as the Nazi. I know. It's, it's, it's such bullshit. I got cast as the Nazi. So we're all marching around in these like Nazi outfits in the, in the, the theater. And we're kind of like, the outfits are really great. And we're kind of like, I can see why these guys got into it. They're like, well, you know, Hitler is evil, but these are very cool boots. And, um, like the costume girls started like getting like upset because we would be like, take off my boots, Fraulein. And like, they were just like, these guys are getting really weird and Nazi-esque. A little too into so, a little too into character. And so one day, Rusty comes up to the theater um, just to kind of visit. Uh, yeah, sorry, Banger comes up to the theater to visit, uh, just to kind of say hi to me. But no one Needed knows who Banger is. A few days. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause he just tried to kill Hitler. Um, so, so Rusty comes up to the theater, he comes backstage and he's like, Hey guys, like, Oh wow. Checking out the uniform, sort of playing with the, the guns, the prop guns that we had. And no one knew who Banger was. So they thought he was just this kind of like Nazi enthusiast <laughs> who had seen some like Nazi dudes kind of like hanging out in front of the theater. It was like, Oh, Hey, cool. What's up guys? <laughs> Wow. And I was like, no, that's that's not a Nazi enthusiast. That's my cousin who oh, also man. is a Nazi enthusiast. That was like the original perfect strangers plotline right there. <laughs> yeah, and then Balky oh, was there and killed five thousand people. Nazi uniform. Banger was standing tall on the wings of his dreams. Yeah. <laughs> so one one more thing to wrap that that kind of story up with a bow is that there was this part where I would walk through the rafters of the theater and after my big scene and kind of guard everyone just to kind of have this like crazy nazi presence but Breaking people didn't really wall. exactly but people didn't really pay attention to me so this one time i kind of fell asleep up there because i was really tired and hung over and there is nothing more disconcerting than like waking up in the dark wearing a nazi uniform You're like oh what the ah! and um this one time i was That's playing how Brian cell wakes phone up every weekend <laughs> yeah it's like jfk is playing on repeat and he's yeah. dressed as a nazi yeah. um <laughs> There's a sock filled with you know what, and um, quarters to wash the Nazi uniform. <laughs> exactly. So I'm up there playing bowling on my cell phone, um, and in a Nazi uniform. And this girl from the audience looks up and sees like this Nazi like on a cell phone, and I give her the like I'm looking at you with my two eyes hand motion with my two fingers, and she goes back to watching the play. Wow. Yeah, people do what you say when you have a Nazi uniform on. You're like, hey, ignore the anachronism. Just go back to your watching of this gay Jew play. Do you have any pictures of yourself in that uniform? Yeah, there's like one of me. For non-sexual purposes, right, Brian? (laughs) No, I was going to say I could put it up on the website. No, don't do that. My mom doesn't listen to this show. Yeah, I just want to say if I have any family members that are still listening to this show... Uh, kudos to you. After all the anti-Semitic jokes, references to my MP. Um, Guy imitating your dad. I feel like our listeners know that we are, you know... I'm talking about my family, my delicate Irish Catholic family. Wait, Um, is your dad Gamer337? Did you Wait, sleep with Gene... my mom in college? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just like, "Yep, one of my conquests." Oh, a yeah. <laughs> uh, gamer three three seven. If you're out there, please call in and explain who you are, because this person left a review on our page and said that um, his wife had sex with me in college, but he still loves his wife and our show, and we want to know who you are. Lee because... wants to know who he hooked up with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He has a lot of trouble keeping track. For all our listeners out there who hooked up with Lee in college, please contact our show and tell us about it. <laughs> also, Especially if you did stuff. during this Nazi period. Um, no, I think our listeners know that we are obviously anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just no, like Steven Spielberg. <laughs> we joke around a lot, but we're very serious when it comes to our anti-Semitism. Our yeah. hatred of the lesser races is pure and ideologically sound. Exactly. And by lesser races, we mean like the Mario Speedway from Mario Kart. We all know that um, <laughs> Angel, that Rainbow Road is a way better race. Yeah. It's the master race, in fact. 
No, but uh, so so the uh, the conspirators were all rounded up and, and executed, and Stauffenberg was uh, was shot to death that very night. Um, yeah, and all these and other Rommel people. too. Uh, uh, Rommel, the Desert yeah. Fox, was was named under torture as one of the members of the conspiracy, and um, Rommel sort of gave a tacit go ahead for the conspiracy. He wasn't really probably directly involved in the planning or operation. And he was the great German hero of North Africa in, in that campaign. And although he was a great German soldier, he um, was not a Nazi, really. And, and a lot of the American commanders like Patton had great respect for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so he he basically was was given the choice of you can go on trial and you'll be executed or you can kill yourself. And basically, if he went on trial and was convicted due to, like, the blood guilt laws at the time, his whole family would have been murdered, too. So instead, he decided to kill himself to save his, his family. Yeah. Um, but this basically, uh, you know, wiped out the entirety of German resistance uh, through the rest of the war, which ended, um, you know, nine months later. Yeah. In early May... Um, of 1945, and uh, but it really devastated, um, you know, a lot of people because all these people who were rounded up and executed uh, was one thing, but um, you know they they wanted to make sure that nothing like this could ever happen again, and so uh, there was a lot of reorganization of the officer class and the Abwehr, and uh, you know, basically, basically the result was. Nobody could ever attempt to assassinate Hitler again because he just basically. They made it. They made it. They passed a law saying you weren't allowed to. Yeah, (laughs) they they realized that was surprisingly not on the books. It's like when somebody is arrested for cannibalism and then the town realizes they don't have any laws against cannibalism. It's kind of like that. They were like, "Oh, we we just never made it illegal to shoot the Führer." Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. So when I lived in Germany uh, a couple years ago. Uh, my address. Nazi. Oh, sorry. My address was actually on Stauffenbergring, which is you know Stauffenberg uh, circle, and uh, I lived I lived in a house that was named after another uh, anti-Nazi resistance fighter, and it's kind of surprising how many things in Germany are named after Stauffenberg, because even though he wasn't really a good guy, he yeah. he didn't exactly disagree with Compared the racial to laws. Hitler, yeah. <laughs> like he was a pretty chill, bro. But he definitely sacrificed everything in an attempt to stop Hitler and stop Hitler, Hitler's war machine from doing what it was doing. And so even yeah. though he's sort of a, a, a complex hero, uh, he is a hero at that for attempting to take out, you know, basically one of the worst people that ever existed. He was slightly better than Hitler, basically. <laughs> Whereas Gene is slightly worse. Yeah. I, I'm working on it. Yeah. I'm a work in progress, guys. <laughs> Aren't we all? What was Hitler Aren't doing when all? he was my age? We talked about this last uh, last week on the show. We did. Yeah, he. he yeah, was... You guys were talking about like Marathon Man or Boys from Brazil or some shit like that. Boys from Brazil, yeah. He uh, he was living in um, Munich just after World War One and uh, doing some spy shit. Oh man. I gotta get my act together. You really do. Yeah, you could be doing spy shit right now. Yeah. You could be the Matthew maybe McConaughey I... of your time. Hey, maybe I maybe I'm spying on you guys. Oh yeah. shit. Damn it. Maybe you're gamer three three seven. Well well guys, we've basically wrapped this up, but we did receive one call. 
Okay, great. So let me pull from that Hitler. Up. <laughs> hey from, guys, it's me. We just wanted to say that we love you here in hell. He's he's calling from inside the job. The archives. Yeah, we have him like in a drawer in the archives. All right. So this is this is uh Mark. Hey inside jobs. Great podcast. April Fools, you suck. Hey Gene, happy birthday, April Fools. Fuck you. I just wanted to say that this week's podcast was the worst yet. Uh, that I appreciate even though we're about Oklahoma City, that you guys suck so bad that it was about bombing anyway. Congratulations. Uh, I think we was a disappointment and ruined the whole thing by not having, not bringing his usual sexual attention to the threesome. And, uh, I would like to add though that I will always like to hear banger. So more banger, less everyone else. All right, Mark. Okay. Uh, first of all, I fucked your mom. April Fools, I fucked your mom and your sister at the same time while your dad watched and jerked off. Wow. Wow. Vegas is a hell of a town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this uh, this guy kind of hates our show. It's uh, I don't know why. We I feel like we do a pretty good job. Oh, this guy man. must be Gamer337. We need, we need Mark. We need him. Why? We need him to keep tuning in. So let's just, <laughs> yeah, let's seriously. just make a pact to really kill Hitler this year, lose our virginity, <laughs> and make a better show for Mark to make sure he continues yeah. to listen. I think we're, I mean, we're going to keep working on making this a better show. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think Mark is true in that we, sh- everyone should always be trying to improve that. Or should we just kind of do what Primus does and... Makes a guest appearance in the Bill and Ted movie? <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, that. And uh, play lots of bass. If like we can real finagle loud bass. That. No, but the thing with Primus is that everyone shouts, you guys suck. Like, that's that's kind of how you cheer oh. for Primus. They would, okay. they would always say, we're Primus and we suck. And people would be like, you guys <laughs> okay. suck, you suck. So that if you were actually really heckling them and saying, you suck, it sounded like you were... You know, support, you were affirming them. So maybe that could be mm. what we do is that just we'd be like, this is inside jobs and we suck. And so when, you know, follow the sucky, when people call in to say we suck, which is 95% of our caller volume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why we don't play a lot of calls on the show because yeah. it's basically people talking about how much they freaking hate <laughs> how us. How much they hate us and how they're not going to listen anymore. Yeah. Well, if, if you listener think that we suck, it would be really helpful if you went on our iTunes page and gave us a rating. Because and gave us an iron, a sarcastic five star rating. Five stars about how yeah, much just, we suck. I mean, you you don't care in the end, so just put it at five stars. That would really help. If you would like to call up and leave us a message about how much you think we suck, uh, our phone number is four one three two two five nineteen sixty three. Hey, have any new messages come in? What do you mean? Like, has anyone called the hotline during the show? No one wants to talk about your micro pee, okay? We got that out of the way. Hello, Brian. You're a stupid head. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. man. Was that your micro penis calling into the show? Oh, man. I must have pocket dialed you by accident. (laughs) <laughs> Every time you butt dial someone, you just talk about how much you hate Brian. <laughs> okay, well, there's there's one more thing. 
that I want to say before I sign off personally. And uh, my dad used to, he taught me a lot of things passing on the Jewish faith. And uh, one of the things he taught me was this beautiful little song. And it goes something like this. Hitler, he only had one ball. Gehring had two, but his were rather small. Himmler had balls were similar, and Goebbels had no balls at all. You can visit us at InsideJobsCast.com. <laughs> you can email us InsideJobsCast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at InsideJobsCast. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome, Brian. Um, yeah, you're welcome, Brian. It's, it's good to be back in the fold. Finally came down from that Coke binge. I think I've raised enough money on Kickstarter to buy Banger back from the, um, underground sex trade of Las Vegas. So things are looking up. I want to say it was a pleasure for our audience to have Lee back. I could not see why anyone would not want him on the show. God damn you and your leptotes, Brian. Pardon? God damn you and your leptotes. <laughs> All right. How dare you and your battle toads. L- listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back in two weeks. Until then, follow, follow the money. Oh, are we all going to say it at the I same time? I think it's funny. Time? I think we should all say it at the same time. Okay. okay. All right. Let's try it. Uh, th- uh, 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 listeners, thank you for tuning in. We will be back in two weeks. Until then, follow, follow the money. money. Oh, that was fucking terrible. <laughs> Thank you.